0: Kansas anymore. Hey guys, welcome to Pop Culture Confidential. I'm Christina Jorling Biro, and welcome to our incredible Oscars week. All this week, we're looking back at interviews I've done with some of the great nominees this year. We're going to hear predictions from the best critics and experts. And this is a fun one. Because what about those canine actors? Did you know there's a place for dogs in award season? Like, for example, the great dog who played Brandy in Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That dog just recently won the Palm Dog, the special canine prize at the Cannes Film Festival. Now, I know journalist Wendy Mitchell from her work at IndieWire, Entertainment Weekly, and she's also a great moderator at the big film festivals. Turns out she's also a dog lover, and she's just written a fascinating book called Citizen Canine. It spans a 100 years of dogs in cinema from 1918 to 2018. We talked about so many things, like some of the most famous dogs in film history, starting with Charlie Chaplin's dog Scraps, to the horror dogs like Cujo. What are the most trainable breeds and why? And then there's the themes, like the grumpy old man who succumbs to the love of his dog. Remember Jack Nicholson in the movie As Good As It Gets? That type of thing. Now, Citizen Canine is about canine actors, not animated dogs or the CGA variety. But I had to start by asking Wendy Mitchell, who met up with me at the Gothenburg Film Festival, if she'd had a chance to see the much-maligned Cats film.
1: Cats, I think I will have to see at some point. I'm just bracing myself, or maybe I need to... Drink heavily before going yes. into that screening.
0: I think, I mean, I'm actually kind of curious about it, but maybe imbibed is the best way to. to yeah. I'm do thinking it. drunk on a plane. Mm, right. That would be a good situation to view cats. And before we get into a little more of the meat of the book, I just wanted to talk, since we're in awards season, there was actually a very big award given to a dog in one of the movies in this award season, and that's Brandy. Tell us about that. I was lucky enough to be on the jury of the Palm Dog Awards in
1: Cannes. It's a wonderful award for the best dogs in movies in Cannes. They can be in the market being sold or in the official selection. It's run by an amazing guy called Toby Rose, who is a huge dog lover and film lover, obviously. Um, this past year, in 2019, was the 19th edition. Wow,
0: it's and been going on that
1: long. It has, mm. a big 20th edition coming up mm. in 2020. And, yeah, of course, Brandy is sort of a scene-stealer. I won't spoil everything about Once if Upon a Time Brand- in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, it's Tarantino's movie,
1: Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, yeah, so Brandy has Great a performance,
0: pivotal piece of action,
1: we could say. And it was amazing because Quentin Tarantino himself turned up at the palm dog ceremony in Cannes to collect the coveted collar for Brandy. And you know what? it seemed like Quentin was actually really touched. Yes, great. He was so happy to get this prize, and he was praising Brandy, and he was even saying, you know, while Brandy was on set, he was like, yeah, it's a good dog. But in the edit, he saw how great Brandy was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even greats like Tarantino can recognize <laughs> the power of a good dog. The, the female dog in it was
0: kind of difficult to get do this and that, but we kind of did our best. But it wasn't until I was editing the movie that I realized, hey, she's, she's kind of a good actress. <laughs> That's oh wonderful. I love the fact that there's a palm, the More festivals should start that, especially the Oscars. Exactly. I, mean, that... I would
1: be up for an Oscar for Best Dog or Best Animal Performance because mm. I think sometimes they're just amazing. Mm. And, you know, obviously... Um, we might talk about him later, but Uggy mm-hmm. from The Artist, there was a campaign that year right. to get U- Uggy an, an Oscar nomination and it didn't work. The Academy said no. Um, but I do think it's tricky if Uggy is going straight up against Jean Dujardin for Best Actor. Right, that,
0: yeah, we have to separate them. Yeah. Yes. No
1: offense, <laughs> Jean Dujardin, who won the Best Actor <sighs> award, but I think, yeah, we kind of need to separate the categories yeah. maybe, but there's always
0: great animals in the movies, and I think we should celebrate them. Mm. Well, you've written a great book, and it's fabulously structured. You've chosen a bunch of dogs and and, and give us information about them, and also um, actually celebrating it's a hundred years of cinema, right? It, it spreads from 1918 to 2018. Exactly. And so you can see the breadth of how animal actors, or, or in this case, you know, canine actors, really have been in the movies. The entire our entire time in cinema. Mm.
1: And there was even films before this, or lesser seen. Um, There was a film, a short film in 1905 called Rescued by Rover, Mm. a British short. And that was one of the first real meaty parts for a dog. And that actually popularized the name Rover.
0: Oh, Um, right.
1: But we, that's a a film that's, you know, not as easy to see. There weren't great images available. So I wanted to start the book with A Dog's Life from Charlie Chaplin. Mm. From 1918, which is just just a wonderful film, and this dog can it's hold its scrap, own. Right? Scraps, because yeah.
0: that's what I've I've chosen four dogs, and we'll talk about more also. But because I want sort of just to get an idea of your book, and the first one I wanted to speak was specifically of Scraps because that he's such an impact on everything that followed. Tell us about this dog. Scraps uh, was actually cast um,
1: sort of street casting, if you will. Um, Charlie Chaplin was working with, you know, these elegantly beautiful uh, studio dogs, and he said none of them has the right... (laughs)
0: Trampishness, <laughs> exactly, because <Yeah.
1: laughs> it really does. This dog, Scraps, the character of Scraps, really echoes the tramp. Mm-hmm. They're both sort of hard scrabble, down on their luck, uh, not too polished. Um, so Chaplin wanted a sort of mutt, and he got one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dog's actual name was Mutt, mm-hmm. with one T, I believe. Um, and you, you know, if you watch this film, and I think you can see some of it on YouTube, right? And This dog can just hold its own with physical timing with Chaplin and the dog's in it a lot. It's called A Dog's Life. It's not just a little wandering moment. This is a co-star. And I think he's really wonderful. And I, you know, yeah, it is one of the the first Hollywood dogs, I would say. And, you know, soon to be seeing like a real boom in canine cinema. Mm -hmm. The dogs were sometimes bigger stars than humans in early Hollywood.
0: And one of the things that was so sad that you read that he died of a broken heart.
1: I don't know if this is Hollywood legend. I've printed the legend, so we'll make it the truth. Yes. <laughs> yes, but I, I have, you know, read from several sources that, yeah, Chaplin went on a tour, I think, to sell war bonds mm-hmm. after this film came out. And Mutt had grown so attached to him during the shoot that he really missed him and was said to, I think, pass away, stopped eating. The Aww. dog stopped eating because he missed Chaplin so much and died. Oh. So, a tragic early tale Very. of Hollywood, but he lives on in the magic of cinema. Right.
0: And this wasn't because of that, but I'm curious if you know have sort of regulations around training of dogs. I mean, I know in, in terms of child actors that things have gotten so much stricter. I mean, just thinking of even later than this film with Judy Garland. Mm. I mean, all the, you know, regulations that came into that in terms of dogs on in cinema is things
1: yeah, I would say things have gotten much better for the dogs. I think in early cinema there were less there was less monitoring, you know, now we have something like the American Humane Association that monitors dogs on set and they're the ones who say no animals were harmed in the making of this film. And, you know, that website was actually a great resource for me because they sort of say scene by scene. If it's something looks like an animal's being harmed on scene, on screen, they will explain They'll explain how they actually shot that. That mm-hmm. dog did not jump off a ladder. Mm-hmm. It was here and it jumped in, it jumped, you know, six inches into some foam. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but I think if we look back at early Hollywood, I mean, something like, you know, Run 1010 is in the book and they're, is a scene in Clash of the Wolves where he's running up a tree and then running down a tree. Mm-hmm. There's no CGI. Right. I don't know if you would even be able to let a dog run up a tree. It would probably have to be, I mean, so health and safety mm-hmm. oriented right. that you might not even bother mm-hmm. now. So I think, yeah, things have gotten much safer for animals and also just in terms of, you know, sometimes um, dogs' fur is dyed and, of course, you would use sort of all-natural dyes wow. now. I mean, I that would have and, not
0: been the case then, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't
1: think so. And even going back to, you know, something like Bringing Up Baby uh, with Carrie Grant and Catherine Hepburn, you know, there's a leopard in mm-hmm. this film and there's a dog in the same shot. And I just don't think, even with the best training in the world now, would you would put a leopard and a dog on a sound studio together. Right, right. Yeah. Thankfully. Right. Dogs are safe.
0: And another question about, is it this kind of like a... a what should we call it, a genre, but the sort of man's best friend, the scraps, and and Charlie Chaplin, I'm thinking of something like Will Smith and I Am Legend and mm-hmm. his dog, and, and that's kind of a genre of human-canine relationships in films, right? It really is, and I think that's something I wanted to highlight in the book, that these films can be a great way to show
1: that special bond between humans and their pets, mm-hmm. and specifically their dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like My Dog Skip mm-hmm. is a film I love. And that's, a, you know, a young boy and his dog. And the dog brings out the best in him. And I I hope the book is a celebration of that. I mean, I should say in this 50-50 for 2020 year mm-hmm. that it is... I got kind of annoyed that it's mostly boys it and their dogs. dogs. Yeah, yeah. Um, if One that I love about a girl and her dog... Um, it's my next one. Okay, is well one is uh because of when dixie which is this little girl who
0: oh, right. b- gets brought mm-hmm.
1: up out of her shell and it's really about the girl and her father and it's a lot about the girl and it's a girl who reads books she's friends with the librarian definitely passes the bechdel test mm-hmm. that's one of them that does but there, there's some other ladies bonding with dogs yeah.
0: but um yeah i would like to see even more of that because girls can love dogs too mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Dorothy and Toto, one of the oh. movies that has most meant anything in my life. Um, so, and that's, there you definitely have a girl and her dog. Oh, <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, I mean, what a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a classic film.
1: And it was funny re-watching Wizard of Oz with this lens for me of you know, concentrating on Toto. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody else is Interesting, yeah. (laughs) We know so
0: much lore about that movie,
1: but Toto Yeah, but if you just look at it through Toto's eyes, um but no, it made me see how integral Toto is to the story Mm -hmm. because, you know, she's Dorothy's not gonna get caught up in that tornado unless she was running after Toto. Mm -hmm. You know, Toto's the one that helps spoiler alert, save Dorothy. Toto's the one that unmasks the wizard behind Mm -hmm, the curtain. mm -hmm just try to picture some of these films without the dog and you realize... No, it's impossible. Yeah. So and the whole, Toto. I mean, the
0: biggest, the most iconic line, or, I mean, I'd say, or one of the most at least, is, you know, Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's like, everyone knows that line. Exactly. And Toto's what, really famous yeah. dog. What kind of dog was Toto? Toto
1: was a Cairn Terrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that common a breed. Um... Toto was actually a dog named Terry, mm-hmm. trained by a man named Carl Spitz. And, you know, Toto was actually quite shy and maybe a little skittish when they started shooting. He was only a year old. Um, Carl really tried to bring t- Terry out of his shell. Mm-hmm. Um, Judy Garland really befriended the dog, um, and I think that helped the dog on set to sort mm-hmm. of have this pal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do have to say that Of all the canine actors, this might be sacrilege. You know, Toto doesn't. He looks a little distracted. Yeah, he
0: runs and gets during somewhere (laughs) over the rainbow
1: his big moment. He he's looking around a little bit. I think maybe he was looking for a treat, but Toto's a you know such a classic dog and great to hear that. I think Toto actually had a broken paw during part of the shoot or got a slight injury. Was totally fine afterwards. Um, But Judy Garland took him home to let him recuperate in her house Mm. they were such good buddies yeah
0: (laughs) and in terms of um I seem I'm not great with with dogs so I hope I'm not you know are you a cat person I'm not an animal person I've never I've I've traveled too much and my family's in too many places I can't (laughs) I get it (laughs) but um, um I really like dogs but I've never had one so I don't know much about but I'm wondering the trainable it seems Mm. to me that there's a lot of terriers in film is that a train a particularly trainable dog that could be my own bias that i love terriers i think they look
1: so cute on the big screen or just walking around the street i will say hello to dogs on the street like a crazy lady um but yeah i do think terriers are particularly trainable Mm -hmm. um jack russell's Mm-hmm. are fantastic to train. Um, I spoke to one trainer who's Mathilde de who is French but lives in L.A. and did films like Beginners, but she also did My Dog oh, I love Skip. the
0: Beginner's Dog. Oh. Yeah, that <laughs> Beginner's Dog is amazing.
1: Um, My Dog Skip. Uh, she trained um, Eddie from Fraser oh, on yeah. TV. Oh, so that's like, one. Mm. She really knows how to work with terriers. She works with all kinds of breeds, obviously. But what I also found listening to her is, you know, one terrier might be, you know, have its own personality, so they can be motivated by different things. Mm -hmm. One might really want a sausage. One might really want a pat on the head. Um, But, yeah, in general, I think terriers are great. And also, you know... They look good on screen and one thing I learned that I had never thought about, you don't yes. see a lot of like solid black dogs no. in film because they just can't be lit that well to yeah, right. see the expressions. Mm-hmm. So a uh, sort of light colored terrier, mm-hmm. golden, love Level. them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is there a breed that like, no, we're not going there, <laughs> that's not well,
1: trainable. To... You know, I don't see, there's not that been that many corgis in mm-hmm. film. There were some in the queen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I haven't really come across honors much mm-hmm. in film. Uh, I hope that they're all trainable and just haven't yeah. had their moment yet. Um, one breed that I did read was really tricky was in Hachi or Hachiko, mm-hmm. uh, the Richard Gere film with these Akitas, oh, this right. beautiful regal Japanese breed, mm-hmm. but they took weeks to even, like, you know, they're not going to be won over by a tennis ball or a little kibble. Yeah. They really needed to they have, have their, the trust.
0: They have um, the big trailers. Yes, yeah. I yeah. think. The, the, like, star. Whatever for sure, they are stars. And they also see quite,
1: um, especially in early Hollywood, German Shepherds, mm-hmm. I think, are really trainable. Um, golden you know,
0: Retrievers. Golden right? Retrievers
1: mm-hmm. also. Although Golden Retrievers can be so friendly, mm-hmm. They'd like be it. hard to they're typecast maybe as nice, nice good family dogs. Mm-hmm. Marley, however, from Marley and Me might they sort of enhanced some naughty oh, dogs. Okay. <laughs> on there. They let them be naughty. They brought out the craziness
0: in some of those dogs mm-hmm. to play Marley. And then there's a dog that I just am bringing up because I remember it as such a craze and that's Verdell from As Good As It Gets. I just remember people going bananas over this breed that not many people, that I particularly hadn't seen in movies. And I actually remember um, colleagues of mine buying this type of dog and there was like this total craze um, for the Verdell dog and also the relationship between Verdell and Jack Nicholson which people made a really big... Deal, loved, What do you know about Verdell?
1: Well, I'm glad you ask, because um, that's also something, I think, that's a, a theme we can see in quite a few films, which is the dog can sort of soften the grumpy... I hate the dog,
0: now I love the dog. Exactly. Yes, the grumpy old man. The grumpy
1: old man, the grumpy old lady. Um, can Willie really be brought out? Verdell's a great dog on screen. This is a Brussels
0: Griffon, um, a pretty rare breed. I had Um, never seen, I mean, not in this way when I saw Verdell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're rare, very intelligent Mm -hmm. dogs. Um, And
1: this, Verdell was played by a dog mostly named Jill. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say mostly played because quite often in a film you'll have more, more than one dog playing... The role. Right. Maybe one's better at jumping and one's scene. But Jill, I think, played a lot of Rodell and big, biggest eyes. Mm. They said everybody on the film set fell in love with this dog mm. and couldn't stop looking at it. And yeah, we see through the love of this dog, somebody, you know, we've got this grumpy composer played by Jack Nicholson, who is got OCD, he's miserable, he doesn't like his neighbors, he doesn't like anybody. Mm. And the dog slowly opens him up, mm-hmm. which I think is another great sort of theme in some of these films with dogs, that the love of a good dog yeah. can change the grumpy human.
0: You're dead. But, uh, we don't have no dog food here. We don't want no dog food here. You'll eat what we got, what we eat.
1: don't you do anything where's the trust
0: Frankie I remember the guy. dad and Beethoven, for mm. example. Oh, Fr- had, Charles Grogan yes. hates, hates the, the dog. dog, and then <laughs> yeah, then he yeah. loves Beethoven. Yeah. You know. And I, I, I'm thinking there must be more, but now I can't come to think of any. But it seems like a, a real theme of like, don't bring it in here, and then you
1: yeah, know, like I don't need that
0: dog, yeah. I don't need this thing, and then mm. people soften mm. around the dog, which. Yeah, melts my heart yep. even more when you start out with a grumpy person who doesn't like anything or anybody, and then they love a dog. And also the casting of Jack Nicholson, where you sort of really feel that that, that could be... I have no idea. Jack Nicholson may be a jo- dog person, but mm. you can really sort of buy that new... <laughs> yeah. I did come across that. There's a lot of actors who love dogs, oh, and yeah. I don't know about
1: Jack, no. actually. I need to look that up. Like Glenn Close is a huge dog lover. Um, Will Smith wanted to take that that dog home. Um yeah, so Ewan McGregor actually was thought he was allergic to dogs or maybe somebody in his family was allergic to dogs, but after Beginners he was so in love that he adopted a dog on the last day of the shoot Aww. and then would go take it for walks in LA with the dog.
0: Oh from the Beginners. Film dog.
1: Oh,
0: that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it that comes full circle. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally I want to talk about Cujo, because we have to talk about the evil dogs yes. and the genre of horror dogs. Um, I th- I had a neighbor growing up in Pasadena who had two gorgeous Rottweilers. I thought they were gorgeous, and then I saw The Omen, hmm. and I didn't think they were any gorgeous anymore. <laughs> I never wanted Not to walk so by nice. there. Tell me about the breed of dogs that tends to be the evil devil dogs. Yeah. Um
1: yeah, I, and, well, that was really important for me in the book, because I was celebrating all kinds of canine actors. These are not just kids' films, not just happy, sweet dogs. So from the get-go, I told the publisher, like, you know, Cujo's going to be in there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and we worked together, I did the photo research, and you know, there's a lot of bloody pictures yeah. of Cujo. In fact, we find one of Cujo sort of looking over a hill, and he <laughs> sort of sort of lit by the Cujo sunset on a good day <laughs> yeah maybe Cujo before the rabies really kicked in yeah. um, so Cujo's a Saint Bernard obviously the same breed as Beethoven who's mm-hmm. lovable um, slobbery um, you know but uh, what I think is good about Cujo maybe not the dogs and the omen with Cujo we can sort of say oh this isn't real because Cujo was a lovable dog and then got rabies and right. that we know why he went bad right, right. Um, you know, I think... I hate seeing sort of uh, pit bulls demonized because they can actually be very sweet dogs. And back, you know, in early Hollywood, pit bulls were known as sort of nanny dogs because they would, like, be around kids so much. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah, that would definitely be turned, that stereotype. Yes, and
1: then, you know, German shepherds can be made to look really mean, Mm -hmm. but some of them can be really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, I think there definitely is a sort of strain. Dogs can be really scary and menacing. Um, some dogs are bad in real life, and mm. I think the f- films can reflect that. Mm. But I hope that nobody's seeing some of these films thinking dogs are bad, or going to get you. Um, I mean, I think you could write a lot about the wolf in cinema, and the wolf mm. is actually wild and can be more of a threat. Wolf lovers, don't come after me. I'm sure there's lovely <laughs> wolves out there too. Um, don't
0: at me about yeah. the wolves. <laughs> and then,
1: of course, you have something like Old Yeller, which, again, right. is a dog that is a beautiful, great family dog, gets sick, turns on them, and
0: get the tissues ready. Right, right. But um, the the evil dogs tend to be the bigger variety. Yes. And then the sort of the turning of the human tend to be the smaller variety. Yeah, or still... the little cute dog you can put in your handbag and
1: dress up like right. a legally blonde mm. bruiser is like a fashion accessory and I don't really believe in dogs as being there just to dress up and put in your handbag mm. but you could see somebody like Elle Woods the character right. would have a dog like that right. so yeah the, the smaller dogs tend to be seen as cute maybe the comic relief then you have some of the sort of gentle giants like the retrievers the Labradors mm-hmm. that are seen as like these good family dogs <laughs> but yeah some of the bigger breeds yeah, yeah, can get a bit menacing. Oh, that's good acting, though.
0: It is. That is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones who should be getting the next palm yeah. dog. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I,
1: in fact, Cujo. Um, I talked to. Uh, he was trained by a really famous Hollywood trainer called um, Carl Mil- Carl Miller, mm-hmm. and I talked to Carl's daughter Teresa Ann Miller, mm-hmm. who is also an animal trainer, mm-hmm. and she remembers, you know, one of those dogs from Cujo just hanging out at their house for the summer and just being this lovable mutt. And it actually kind of freaked her
0: out later to see the film. And like, oh my gosh, that dog was actually... That's amazing. It was nice, but look at him act. Mm -mm. Um, So what do we have to look forward to? Do we have any great canine performances in 2020?
1: We might have some. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm tracking a few. Uh, Harrison Ford is in the new Call of the Wild film uh, from Disney. I've heard that that dog is CGI. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that is based on any real dog at any point. Or, or maybe there's so. some other real dogs, but I think the main dog is CGI. Um, you've mentioned Doolittle, perhaps not.
0: That's not getting the, the best. finest. Hour.
1: <laughs> um, in Germany, they're making a new version of Lassie Come Home. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll mostly be in the German language, but hopefully there'll be an English version. Um, I think there's a live action Scooby Doo. Mm hmm coming um yeah there's I'm still sort of waiting to see i think there's also clifford the big red
0: dog oh wow i love getting, that. That getting one a big screen, screen. Yeah.
1: yeah exactly i mm. grew up with that book mm. um so i think that one is coming there's one from india called asha and the street dogs mm-hmm. which is kind of like slum dog millionaire but only with dogs oh wow and they're sort of going around in this pack and it's really cute so hopefully that'll come out this year and You know, after that, I hope there's going to be lots more great dogs. And I hope, even with technology, that people continue to use real dogs. Because I think they bring something magic. They don't look dead behind the eyes because they're real dogs. Yeah, I mean,
0: so much... um... The, I think we're getting our fill of the CGI cats and dogs and things, and it's just not working yet. Yes. Or and soon we'll have the de aging of a dog. It we could have to, the back Irish to puppy. dog. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait for Scorsese for, to get for his, his Irish dog. Wendy, this one. was so much fun. Thank you, and good luck with this book. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun talking dogs with you. Maybe we've inspired you, Christina, to. I would, but I. Feel sorry for that dog. <laughs> <laughs> One day. Yes. One day. Thank you so much to Wendy Mitchell. Citizen Canine will be available on February 10th, but you can pre-order it already now. And thank you so much for listening and keep listening all week to our Oscar extravaganza. You can subscribe to Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. This show was edited by Julia Scott and I'm Christina Jerling biro See you next time.